Hola, cariño. Hola, amor. Y bienvenidos a Week Horror, a Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. And I'm Eileen. Hello. Oi. Oi, gente. Boa tarde. Oi, galera. How you Bom doing? Dia. Bom dia. Boa tarde. Boa noite. <laughs> <laughs> Eileen speaks Portuguese. I do not, but I understand. You you, you can do the yeah. I got the in. Yeah. One of I my favorite it. episodes of uh, Bob's Burgers is when Tina learns capoeira. And... Oh, I didn't know this existed. <laughs> yeah, that's and amazing. The guy who plays the teacher is like an American dude. Sure. The accent he makes is so fucking funny. It, one of the lines he says is something something, and he tries to do like Psh, whatever, like uh-huh. the sound. Psh. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but instead he says, "Pache shit." <laughs> You told me about that. <laughs> and Bob and Bob is like, uh, what? And he's like, Pasheshe. And Bob is like, are you? Do you mean? Psh? And he's like, that's what I said, Pasheshe. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Uh, and highly uh, usable, Pasheshe. Pasheshe. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, how you doing over there? I'm doing okay. Uh, just work, waking up early, watching this movie again. Mm-hmm. The huge. Let me just wake up, or er, the time that I should wake up, and uh-huh. then watch TikTok for an hour oh, instead God. of do the yeah. thing that I need to do. <laughs> anyway, See, that's no, why that I can't do it. I can't me. fucking. Uh, don't just... do it, you guys. Uh, don't join TikTok. Oh my God, I'm already it's... too too obsessed with Instagram and Twitter. I just, oh man, it's the, it's Come truly on. the devil. And speaking of the devil. Ah, the uh, devil. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. As you have heard us speaking Portuguese, we got a movie mm-hmm. from Brazil this, this week. It's my pick this week. Mm-hmm. I picked a film from 2020 called Skull, a Máscara do Anhangá. Anhangá. Mm-hmm. Anhangá. Anhangá. I'm just going to go ahead and warn everybody that there's a lot of like tupi words in here that yes. are I'm going to absolutely butcher. And I am thrilled that you're the one who has to say them because I would be lost. Dude, apologies to the ancient spirits of the tupi. Uh, please we, do not come and curse no me. We mean no disrespect whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, so how about we hop on in and you give us a synopsis of this lovely Brazil. Brazilian film. Great. So I got the synopsis from Rotten Tomatoes. A supernatural serial killer based on pre-Columbian mythology hunts for revenge in the metropolis of Sao Paulo. That's okay. it. To the point. I don't know if revenge would it I don't know if you it's know, revenge. Yeah, I'm what gonna tell it? you something right now. Uh-huh. I'm gonna I think this is one of those that I'm gonna be like, Eileen, is this correct? Like, is this really what happened? Because there were a lot of plot lines and a lot of things going on here that I was like, I think I've got the correct gist of this, but I'm not one hundred percent sure. Yeah, let's you, know you what and I, mean? I let's you and I work this we'll out. We'll figure together. it out, I think. Yeah. yeah I think, <laughs> like it can't, I think it's can't be that tough. It's a movie no. called Skull for God's sake. And we are adult human beings with brains. Like we Sometimes we, we are, we yes. We can do this. <laughs> we can do this. Okay, so Here we go. Skull a Mascara Doyanga, written and directed by mm-hmm. Armando Fonseca and Capel, 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 Capel? Furman. Capel Furman. Great. <laughs> Capel. We begin the movie with an intertitle, and it says, I'm going to read it in Portuguese first, and then I'm going to read it in, in English. Okay. So, Ouça a terra do mundo evocando Anhangá. 
Isso faz com que os intestinos da terra continuem. Eles exigem e dizem que são sagrados. Serão grandes quando você é e você coloca os chefes na terra. And it says, Reza, Wika, Umu, A... Ok, here we go. Tahawantisupei. Pai. Uh-huh. I think it's Tahawantisupai. I think it's Supai, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so here we go in English. Hear the dirt in the world summoning Anyanga. This moves the earth's bowels. I'm going to say intestines. Okay, so did you write uh-huh. down the actual subtitles? Yeah. Okay, because the subtitles to me, you correct me if I'm wrong, but they felt kind of incorrect. They felt off to me. It almost felt like somebody passed them through Google Translate and then kind of judged them up accordingly. So mm-hmm. we'll do our best. Okay. But it says, uh, this moves the Earth's intestines. Mm-hmm. They demand and say that they are sacred. They will be big when you are big and you put the chiefs on Earth. And it says, Wika prayer of Umu to Tahawantitsupai. Okay. Uh, do you understand this whole thing? Do you get this? Um, not really. <laughs> okay, I think <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say the most important word in this prayer is intestines. Oh, I'm so, yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just know going forward, guts. Yep. It guts Lots is going to be very important for this <laughs> film. Okay. So another intertitle pops up and it reads Film Archive Prologue. And then another fucking intertitle pops up and it says Amazon Forest. Okay. And now this is a totally different language, which I Googled and it's apparently German. Oh, okay. Pero también te voy a decir que the font that they used for this particular part of the intertitle looked Russian Russian. to me. Yes. It looked like Russian, not symbols, I guess like like the Russian language. So some of it I was like, I don't know if this is a T or an upside down L or a 7 or Honey. what. Like I oh couldn't tell. So it says Amazon Forest, Allies Militar Stupunkt. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> and then 10 February 1944. Okay. So February 10th, 1944. Sure. In a field, we see a man all in black fighting a bunch of other men that are possibly soldiers of some sort. We and never he, know in these movies. We never know. <laughs> it's just this guy is kicking these dudes' ass ninja style. He's yeah. fucking like kicks to the head. Yeah. Like, flipping and a flopping. People, flipping, yeah. flopping, all of it. He puts on a mask that has a fun like chain mail over the mouth. Yeah. And I was like, Okay, bitch, we see you. (laughs) Yeah. Now we switch to a man who is in a Nazi uniform, question mark? I think so. I think these are Nazis. I do believe they're Nazis because we see he's carrying a big wooden box. He's flanked by two other dudes in uniform. And on the box, we see a hat and it has like an insignia on it that is Uh like that like weird eagle-y. Yes. The Nazis had a bird insignia. You look at that and you'd be like, Nazis. Nazi. Correct. And they're walking down a hallway and they're carrying this box. They pass by a janitor who's sweeping and he has a sack or like a bag on like on his like cross bodied but the bag is on his back. Yeah. It gave it gave me a uh, yoga mat vibes. <laughs> Absolutely. And they spe- like the camera closes up on the sack so you're like, "Oh, 
Important sack. Got it. Important sack, yes. <laughs> and he turns to see these men pass by, and we also get a close-up of his hands where we see two very large silver rings, a flat one that kind of just looks like a band that has square spirals. Like it looks like, sure. yeah. like you know how Inca or Aztec symbolism mm-hmm. can be, has those like square spirals is all I can yeah, describe I, it I, as. I get what you mean, yeah. And then the other ring is a skull and it's wearing like a native headpiece, it looks like, and the eyes are two red stones or rubies or something like that Mm -hmm. we see that the man in black has now made his his way inside this hallway and he's fighting some other soldiers that are there possible nazis who knows (laughs) he pulls out this crazy blade that looks like the russian symbol oh didn't it look like that to you oh it totally does you're right yeah. It, does, it looked like a sickle, like a scythe, yeah, like yeah, the uh-huh. crescent moon style blade. Totally. So that's why I was like, Russian? Like I didn't, who fucking knows? Who fucking knows? <laughs> but he pulls this crazy blade out and he chops a dude's fucking head off. The head bounces over into the hall that the three dudes are walking in and it stops them in their tracks. And the man in black comes in kills the two dudes that are flanking the guy with the box, and then he uses this crazy blade to slice the dude that's holding the wooden box's neck. Like, he uh-huh. slices his throat, real gnarly, yeah. exploding blood. I mean, this was a, a clearly like a, a CGI-created wound, but I still yeah. was like, ooh, that's it was kind of um, stylized. You know what yes. I mean? Like, his yeah, yeah, head yeah. goes back real, like, kind of jarringly. Blood goes pouring out of this huge wound in his throat. And I was just like, it gave me, like, right here, I was just like, oh, I kind of see the vibe we're going for. Like, this is over the top, which yeah. I didn't mind. Me you know neither. what I mean? Totally. Yeah. The man in black stands over this wooden box. The alarm in this building goes off and he goes to escape. But from around the corner, here comes the janitor we saw and he hits the man in black over the head with some kind of club. And yeah. the man I wrote, in ba- bone tomahawk. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bone tomahawk, but that's what it made me no. think of. <laughs> but then the man in black turns, slices the hand off of the janitor that's been holding this club, and we see as the hand is flying that the club is actually a really big bone. Mm. The man in black escapes. We see another intertitle. It says Amazon Forest. Again, this crazy font and crazy language that is either Russian or German. It says Sixta Zunta Lager, which I'm like, beer? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Who knows? Delicious. But then it says 11 February 1944. So this is the next day, the 11th Uh of February. In an outside area, the man in black delivers the box to this dude who's Again, Nazi, like he's wearing one of those big trench coats that are black and a hat that's black, which I would assume Nazi. I think, yes, he's a creepy, smiling Nazi. And also there were banderas next to him that if you like moved this, it looked like S's kind of like almost yeah. like backward S's. And I was but like, if you moved it on top of each other. Yes. Like, and I was like, is there other like Nazi symbolism that we don't know aside from the swastika? Because if you did kind of like move those symbols around, I think you could create the swastika. So I was like, is this Nazi symbolism here? Girl. Or symbols? Who knows? 
But but like you said, on these banners that are like flanking this dude who's sitting in a wicker throne, it seems, <laughs> there's these these symbols, the two S's that would form like a square in the middle and then like a the tails would go like facing the other ways. Sure. And then he's got dudes in executioner style hoods over their faces but then there's other dudes in like white turtleneck style coats that like in old school movies they would be mad scientist coats do you know what i'm talking they're about they're kind of like tunicky a little bit like tunics, yeah kind of remember yeah. in young frankenstein when he's like it's alive he has a jacket that looks like that absolutely entonces we assume like estos son cientistas they're science guys and then there's also a man with an old school camera and he's filming i'm assuming the footage that we are watching because in the beginning we see archive prologue Mm -hmm. the man in the wicker throne speaks in what I'm assuming is German, and because there was no subtitle, and nope. he says something that sounded like something, something, exper- experiment, and then, which I'm assuming meant start the experiment. Yeah, proceed. Yes, because these two dudes in their, in their mad scientist coats come over, and they wheel over the box that was just delivered in front of this other man who is tied to a stake. There's another man standing next to him who is like a soldier guarding him, question mark? We don't know. Nope. One of the mad scientists opens the box and inside is a skull Mm -hmm. or what looks like, it's like a mask that is in the shape of a skull. With little horns. It's got little three horns on either side of the of the head. The man on that's tied to the stake starts to pray. He's like, "Jesus, Lord, help me! What is going on? I'm a good guy. Please, I please help me." <laughs> yeah, in and Portuguese, right? In Portuguese. Uh-huh. So the blonde mad scientist says to the brunette mad scientist, "German, German, German ritual." <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's all you need to know. And which I'm guessing means start the ritual. Uh-huh. And so the brunette mad scientist seems a little hesitant and the blonde mad scientist pulls out a gun and puts it to his head and he's like again German German ritual. And so the brunette reads from a clipboard in Tupi Mbai, mm-hmm. which is the language of the Tupi or at least one of the variants of the languages of Tupi. And it's the prayer that we saw in the intertitle. Okay. As he reads the prayer, a circle of fire all of a sudden starts encircling all these people. And the man that's guarding the stake, he pulls out a knife, he slices the man at the stake in the stomach open, Oof. and his guts like fall Blech. out. Like into a fucking bowl. Blop. Yeah. <laughs> Into a huge fucking bowl but that's below him. And the guard grabs the bowl and he walks over to the skull mask and he pours all the guts and blood all over the skull. Suddenly the tiny horns on the skull, they twitch. <laughs> the horns twitching were adorable. I'm it sorry. It made me it's laugh like, so hard. Little antenna. It was so funny. What a cute little skull. And then this man that poured this blood and guts over the skull grabs the skull and he's screaming. He's like, oh, and he (laughs) and he (laughs) and he he puts it over his face and he puts on this mask and and then bam, his head fucking explodes, dude. And we get title card skull a mascara do First of all, I love it when you go, 
It's one of my favorite things. I'm crying. The credits run and we see a beautiful shot of the Amazon in like a drone style Mm. shot. Another fucking intertital shows up and it says this time in... They gave us every language of the world. Oh, my God. Because this time it said Amazon forest and then Chinese symbols that I don't know how to read. What's going on? But also above those Chinese symbols are two S's that are facing away from each other. Instead of them being an S on top and an S on the bottom, it seems like they just put two S's back to back. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I hope for our listeners, yes. (laughs) Guys, I'm doing my best. You let us know. (laughs) And then underneath that, in German, it says, Archologisch Stadt, which means, this one I was able to get an answer from, which Uh means archaeological site. Great. Great. And then it says 2021. So we're in present day. A man and a woman, this woman is Galvani, Mm -hmm. are walking through this archaeological site. And the man is explaining to her that they found a few artifacts. And he shows her this skull mask that we have seen in the past. And he says, É uma máscara de caveira. It's a skull mask. Mm -hmm. The workers found it and they recognized it as Anyanga. And others called it Tushlu. And she says, great, this is amazing. This is going to be a really good thing to benefit the institutional image of the company. If it's really this archaeological artifact. So hell yeah, I'm going to take this with me. Thank you so much, man in the archaeological site. I love this man in the archaeological site because he's adorable. <laughs> Very she's cute. Like, he's kind of nervous. And the and Galvani's like, are you scared? And he's like, no. I don't think you mad. No. And I'm just like, <laughs> I love him so much. He's so scared he was, and adorable. Yeah, he was very spooked out because I guess Anyanga will get yeah. to, but that's probably in the Amazon, probably has some sort of. Right. Don't mess with that. So we see a tiny plane flying over the Amazon rainforest, and inside of that little plane, we see just like an empty banquette seat and a box, another wooden box. And on the box, we see the two backward S Mm -hmm. symbols that are there. Now we're in Sao Paulo, the city. We get some great shots of the city and we're end up in, okay, what would you call this? A fruit dispatch? (laughs) Sure. A fruit dispatch. Like it's like like a, it's where the trucks would unload the fruit to be taken to a mercado or something like that, yeah. I think. You know what I mean? As we see this fruit dispatch and people working there loading and unloading like the banquettes of fruit, we hear a news report saying that the police are working to try and find three missing Bolivian children, that the detective Beatriz Obigias is in charge of this case. Mm-hmm. But we also learned that this detective, Detective Obigias, was involved in a massacre of Ubahio da Liberdade in 2005, but that she was acquitted from this charge after mm-hmm. that she made a deal at her trial. So involved with some shady shit, but is still a cop and looking yes. for these three Bolivian kids. While we hear this report, we see a priest walking through these fruit pallets and he has a manila envelope under his arm. And then we see another man working the fruit. (laughs) The fruit dispatcher. The fruit dispatcher. And this guy doing the fruit is Manku Hamidis. 
Mm-hmm. And the priest comes over to talk to him, and he's like, Oi, padre. The priest is going to be known as O Padre. Oh, absolutely. O Padre hands Manku the manila envelope, saying, These are your new papers, and there's some stuff in there also that belonged to your dad. Manku says, Hey, maybe the church could return the rest of the stuff that belonged to my dad. And the priest, very judgmentally, is mm. like, And where are you going to keep that stuff? 500 years of history in your rented fucking shack, dude. What a dick. And the weapons of militia that we have there, too. What? What do you want? To start another fucking militia? No, you're crazy. Excuse me. Yeah. Nice to see you, Manku. Que Deus te abençoe. And the padre fucking leaves. As the padre leaves, Manku grabs at his hand, like at his own hand, mm. almost like it's in pain. Yeah. And we see that he's wearing the same rings as the janitor at the top. So I think we're meant to assume that that janitor was his dad. So Manku comes home through a very like pretty rough looking area of Sao Paulo. In his house, from a trunk, he pulls out a tiny little tin box. And from that box, he pulls out... A desiccated fucking gross tiny hand. Oh my God. Which I'm assuming was his dad's hand. And uh, just keep my dad's hand as a souvenir. It's nice and rotted. Just holding on to this gross hand. You know what it looked like? It looked like un chile ancho. Like it looked like a fucking. (laughs) Absolutely did. It looks desiccated, but like you put it in a soup and it'll like just. And it'll be delightful. (laughs) Oh, gross. Gross. Disgusting. Oh my God. Oh my God. So he puts this um he hand. puts this hand uh, he puts the hand on the on top of the trunk and he walks away to go get a drink and lie down on the sofa and the hand starts to smoke. ¿Y por qué? No sé. Okay, bueno pues. Yo me imagino que tiene algo está pasando, like things are starting. Things are happening that something's going on. Okay. The tiny plane with the skull mask and Galvani arrive in São Paulo. Galvani makes a call to a man and his name is Tack. And Galvani lets him know that the trip was a success, that she's got the item, that it's genuine because it was identified by local terminology. As they're having this conversation, Tack, Tack I want to say Taki because that's how they say it. So Taki changes his computer screen to uh, security footage. Mm. And we see like a goon walking into an area and he pushes food through like a hole in a door. And we hear children crying on the other Mm. side. So Taki tells Galvani to keep the piece, the artifact close to her and to bring it into him first thing in the morning and Galvani goes home to a very fancy home she's got what I think is a butler was that guy a butler probably her butler like butler manservant yeah yeah she walks into her fancy house and she hears that the tv is on she's like oh that's weird and she walks into her living room and boo a young goth woman is sitting (laughs) on the couch terrifying young goth woman she sits up and she's like oh my god you scared the shit out of me and she's like oh my god i miss you so much and then they kiss and i was so uncomfortable i thought for it was her daughter her daughter and i was like what kind of welcome is this but you quickly realize that this is just you know uh, a May, is it woman called May her... December romance? Is that what that's sure, called I when have... some somebody's old and somebody's young? I can't remember. Yes, I let, let's say May December romance, but this is a I'm gonna say twenty plus 
gap here. Oh, yeah. We discover it's... later on that the Galvani is 40 and this girl is 21. Oh, but the right. girl, yes, the girl right. looks like 17. a 12-year-old. Oh, my gosh. She is a Especialmente child. Especialmente porque entra la Galvani y la Galvani is wearing like Ann Taylor loft outfit. <laughs> like she's wearing yes. a fucking jumpsuit and whatever. <laughs> and this girl is yeah. like wearing a ne- like a fucking choker and like lots yeah. of eyeliner and like a, a septum ring. And she's, she's like, giving you Ere. like 2021 copying the 90s looks that you see all yeah. over the place right now. Like, that's who that is. You know what I, I mean? I bought my fishnets at Hot Topic kind Absolutely, of kid. yes. The 90s are back, baby. Like, that kind of look. Yeah, and then they're smooching, and you're just like, this is weird. Yeah, they're into it. So this is Lila. They're smooching. They roll around on the on the couch, and Galvan is like, I got a new piece for the museum, and then they kiss some more. Great. I mean, good for you, girl. Get yours, I guess. Do it. I guess. The, the age gap is rough. It's tough, it's, though. I was like, wow. It's funky. It's well, funky. We will, there's also something in here we'll get to that maybe there's a reason for it. Now we're in a police locker room, and the first thing we see is this cute big guy zipping up a jumpsuit, and I was like, oh, hello. Hey. He greets one of the cops, who is Detective Obigias' partner, mm-hmm. and... Obigias, I'm going to call her Beatriz. Beatriz, Detective Beatriz Obigias. Beatriz comes in, she grabs her things and straps on a holster, like a gun holster to her ankle. Mm. And she has this very like rough way about her. Like there was, she's, she's very blunt, very short when she talks to people. There's a very short, quick scene where we see her out on the street, like drinking a tiny coffee and eating a pasteo of some sort, which I was like, I want that for breakfast. Delicious. The coffee. Yeah. It looks delicious. So Brazil too, Uh to serve a tiny coffee in a in like a tumbler yes in brazil when you go to like a lanchonete they'll give you coffee in like a tiny short glass tumbler and you put your milk in it and you drink it and it's great it reminds me too there was a movie we watched i can't remember which one it was but i'm gonna say it was probably in brazil where they also when you're drinking beer they'll just give you like a little glass yes. and you're just like you just keep pouring that is also keep, brazil it's like yep. it's basically like taking shots of beer not that small it. pero like but yeah the idea is that this woman is kind of like a hothead you know what i mean yeah hothead like, loner like angry woman yeah. and angry cop kind of thing yes she's got fabulous eyebrows though and she's gorgeous she's gorgeous she's just very she's gorgeous a, she's a badass is what yeah, we're getting is what she's meant to be back at galvani's house we see that Leela is trying to get inside of this box and galvani is coming out from a shower and she's like nope the only time that you'll be able to get into this box is when it's in the museum it's too important and Leela's like come on ajapoha tell me what's in it at least i just want to know what it is and galvani says it's a pre-columbian artifact uma mascara a mask and Galvani is like, all right, I'm going to bed. I'm hella tired. I've been traveling for two days straight. Are you coming? And Lila's like, hold, yeah, give me, give me just a minute. Hold on. Galvani goes to bed. She pops a pill and goes to sleep. Lila, the impetuous teen that she is, uh, goes through Galvani's purse and finds the key that unlocks the box. And she opens it. And there it is, the skull mask. Mm-hmm. And Lila seems very excited. Yeah. Now, this was confusing to me because okay. she seemed like she knew exactly what she was fucking doing. This is why I mentioned the age gap that I was like, okay, this young woman, Lila is her name. Mm-hmm. I think what we're getting here is that she is in on this somehow where she specifically 
targeted Galvani because she knew that she was going after this skull mask. Because, she, like, what, what we're about to see... Please, please. I don't think so. I thought uh-huh. about this, too, but... When Galvani goes to the archaeological site, she didn't she didn't know that she was looking for this mask. You're right. Yeah. She, she just is like, how lucky that I that you guys have found this mask. The idea I got here was that like because Lila's about to do a full like ritual and I was like, what's going on? It's like she knew that this was gonna be here. Yeah. It's very you know I mean? it's I'm this confu- is a funky I'm confused part. about yeah. this. Yeah. So, like Johnny says, this bitch is about to do a ritual. So she grabs a bunch of candles. She puts it all around this. Okay. And also puts on a crazy leather jacket. Why? For your, you, listen, you got to throw on a leather jacket for a ritual, I guess. For any you sort look, of. You, you got to look, look the part. You got to look tough. You got to. I, I need my leather. To fucking Hand bring me my on leather. Anyanga. So she puts a bunch of candles around this the mask. She puts on her leather jacket. She goes to grab a tiny treasure chest that's on like one of the shelves. And from this tre- treasure chest, she pulls out an old ass dagger with like a thick ass blade. And then she grabs a laptop and types in something. And we see that the article that comes up says Círculo do Fogo, which means mm-hmm. fire circle. And also, sacrificios humanos na América pre-Colombiana. Human sacrifices in pre-Columbian Americas. And then this is where I wrote, how does she know to do all this? This was the most convenient thing ever. Like... I'm looking for some sort of sacrificial demon ritual. So I'm just going to click Google. it in and boom, there it is. Ah, I'm ready for my ritual. Are How you convenient that me? I have a fucking skull mask that happens to be pre-Columbian and my girlfriend just told me that this is pre-Columbian. So Great. I'll just uh, see I'll just see what's up. Isn't this funny how this just landed in my lap? Plus I've got this beautiful dagger right here just at just, you know. Well, I mean, I guess Galvani is an archaeologist, whatever, so sure that might be in her house. But yeah, it's, a girl go this to the kitchen and get a regular get knife. A knife. Get a knife, whatever. This is ridiculous. So she lights all the candles around the mask. She grabs this old fucking dagger and slides her hand down this thick ass blade, which, bitch, I'm sorry, it wouldn't no. cut anything. No, no, like, like maybe back in whenever that thing was made, it would have been sharp as hell, but now that shit's dull. And she cuts her hand and she bleeds all over the top of the skull mask and she begins the tupi prayer. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens. She says it again, and it seems like nothing happens, but all of a sudden, she's in space? That's At first, I was like, is this blood everywhere? But then I thought, no, this is like a red galaxy. Like, yeah. It you, looks like the universe, but it's just red. It's a different red. dimension. Like, yeah. you can see, like, stars everywhere, and at the center of it is, like, a coagulation of these, like, of redness and stars, yeah. and you see, like, a, I wrote a pyramid slash throne slash obelisk. Yeah. It's as if she's looking at this from above. Yes. So she's looking down to see this obelisk thing she sees a man dressed as a conquistador approach this obelisk they show you this man once 0.05 seconds as well now first of all i was like can we see the man again because he looks gorgeous but also i was like wait a minute where did he go what are you trying to tell me what is going on here so this conquistador approaches this obelisk throne and 
on it is sitting this old skeleton and he's wearing like a shroud and there's like a vice on his head. Yeah, yeah. Like it's been like pressed maybe to Have you ever death? seen the movie 13 Ghosts? No. Oh, well, there's there's a remake where there's like a ghost that has like a cage. It's almost like a cage around this fucking thing's head. It's actually kind of cool, this design of this it's, demon thing. It's almost thing. like a big wrench on his head. Yeah, Like the sure. top of a wrench on the skull. It's tongue is like coming out of it really mm-hmm. big and i thought this looked really cool and gross no, it's and scary creepy. looking yeah yeah this thing looks up at floating lila it seems mm-hmm. and its eyes have two rubies or mm-hmm. red stones protruding from the eye sockets of where it should be because again it's a skull just like that ring that the janitor and then Manku was wearing. Correct. When it looks at her, she wakes up from this trance and she's gets freaked out. So she blows out all the candles. She stares at the skull that's sitting there, the skull mask. And here they are again, the twitching horns twitch. So cute. Suddenly she's falling back slow motion into this giant pool of blood. She looks down at her chest and there's like a is it a horn a finger a Looked nail like a horn from it the was mask. one of the horns coming yeah. out from her chest and it basically rips open her fucking chest cavity and she sinks back into the pool of blood and from where she was what reemerges is the face of the skull that we saw with the tongue coming out yeah so this skull this being that was on the obelisk that has the tongue hanging out this is tawad Supai. Ah, that's not Anyanga. That's no. Tawating Supai. Okay, okay. Yeah. Thank you for telling me that because I have no fucking clue. <laughs> so now Galvani wakes up and she sees that Lila isn't in bed. And so she goes to check in the living room and Lila is lying on the ground dead with her chest fucking cracked Jesus. open. And Galvani freaks out and grabs the phone and goes to call the police. But we get this like... From the floor, I'm not going to say Evil Dead because it wasn't like crazy, but it was like a critter on the ground POV style. And then we see it moving around and then it jumps and attacks Galvani. At that very same moment on the other side of town, Manku, sleeping on the couch, wakes up very suddenly and his dad's desiccated hand is now on his chest <gasps> and it's doing the I love you sign language sign. Oh, I did or not. Or the rock ca- and roll. <laughs> like the the fingers are, are folded, moving, doing uh-huh. something, maybe pointing. I don't know. I said the I love you sign. He just wants to wake his son up and say, honey... I love you I love and you. I miss you. I miss you miss so you dearly. much. But uh, I mean, but for real though, like basic, the gist of this is like a warning. Like yeah. shit's happening, son. Wake the fuck up. Correct. So it's morning. The pugs are barking. Do you see them pugs? God, <laughs> sure man. Did. Those pugs uh, are fucking cute. Their neighbor pugs are barking <laughs> and uh, Detective Obigias and her partner arrive at Galvani's house and there's already a cop there, Osvaldo, and he's interviewing Galvani's butler and Osvaldo's like, why the fuck are you here? This is a latrocinio, a robbery. Mm. And Obigias is like, listen, the commissioner asked me to come and just check out the, the crime scene. Inside the house, the forensics team are taking pictures. The coroners are zipping up the bodies and the body bags. And we see that the mask is missing. And the coroner says, 
that the hearts were gone from the bodies, but also most of the viscera, which I Googled, Ugh. and that usually means intestines. Okay. Suddenly, two men just walk in through like the police tape, and one of them is Taki, and the other one is his like bodyguard slash goon slash fucking this, douche Nas of a person. This look that he... The, the looks that... The, I'm going to say... This man dressed himself for this movie because oh, he totally. comes in. He went up to the costume designer and was like, "Mira or Olya, <laughs> I I know what I'm doing." Like he's got cowboy boots on. He's got what I'm gonna say is like an Asian inspired shirt. Yes. Like it's very tunicky with like ties across the front. A fucking like paisley looking horrible jacket on horrible the, plus the tie j-lo back here, glasses the j-lo glasses the tied back hair that we discover later is fully like bleach dyed braided I... and braided did you see that it was braided bra- senor por senor. favor oh senor. oh man if you look up on imdb his name is nabuto so i was like and just nabuto and just nabuto yeah no puedo. I, 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 that's, that's a rough one. That's rough. Yeah. And I wrote, looks like a total douche. And Beatriz is like, hi, who the fuck are you? Can you see? And Taki says, I'm Taki. And that Galvani didn't show up today. And he was concerned that maybe she ran away with his artifact. And Beatriz walks him over to the table where the box where the skull was is empty. He freaks out and he's like, oh, mm. just stop me a pesa. Where is my piece? <laughs> and she pulls him aside. He goes, qual é seu nome detetive? And she goes, é investigadora. Beatriz, whatever the hell. Taki then says, look, these women are dead. Fuck them. You gotta focus on what's Literally more important. Literally with their dead bodies there right there he's like fuck these hoes you know what we need to focus on what's most important which is finding my artifact my mask it has un valor archeologico innumerable like it's an it's immeasurable value he gives her his card and as he walks away she rips it up and she's like which i used to say all the fucking time when i lived in brazil no, uh, it means like <laughs> it means like uh, like he's really nasty. When you say something's gross, it's like ew. That is também escroto. Like that's really oh, fucking gnarly. Okay, love but that. But you also, when somebody's a douche, you're like you're only escroto. Sounds like scrotum. You're a scrotum. Maybe it is scrotum. <laughs> Let's Google it really fast. Okay, it's scrotum. <laughs> hey, I fucking nailed it. You're a scrotum. You nailed it. But you say it when something's disgusting, so sorry to yeah. the scrotums out there. I mean, let's not get into it. <laughs> uh, sorry to the ugly scrotums out there. Um, of the world. Another news report, and the anchor talks about these two horrible murders. This is where we find out that she's 40 and the other one's 21. Right. So as this news report is going on, we see that the Upadri is mopping up this chapel that is apparently, like, flooded. What is going on in this flooded church? Every time they show the church, it's like like a solid five inches of fucking water in there. Like, what's why this choice? Why, why a wet church? This <laughs> I could like you. I could have just taken a simple line that the padre could have just been like to a friend the to be like burst. the pipes burst. Like our church. Like why We're with the poor. choice of a Who leaky knows? fucking church? 
Quién sabe. It's very odd. So he's like mopping up this church and he's watching this news report and you can tell that he's upset. At the same time, we see Manku at his place also watching this fucking news report and seeing these open chests, no hearts, no guts. Back at Galvani's place at the crime scene, the cleanup crew arrives, and it's two dudes. One of them is the cute dude from the police mm-hmm. locker room that we saw, right. and the other one was just like a, another fucking guy. And they start to clean the the area, and one thing that drove me crazy, they're, they start to mop the blood that is on a shag carpet. You're going to have it. to burn that, honey. Like, honey. The, the, uh, <laughs> You're just, un, you're basically changing, trapo. you're basically just making sure that this is a blood carpet from now on. Like, you're uh, you, just going to, it's going to be pink by the time you're, you're done. You know what I mean? pushing it into the fibers. Get out of here. Oh what I God. loved is that they were both talking soccer. They were like, Corinthians, Corinthians Palmeiras. and Palmeiras. So I was like, oh shit. I remember that. Wow. Yeah. And then while they're talking about Corinthians and Palmeiras, we get a, another shot, that POV shot, close to the ground, like critter-esque, and it seems to be watching these two men. Suddenly, they like turn around, and they look back around on the coffee table, and the mask is there again. And it freaks them out, and all of a sudden, they the horns twitch, but this time, spider legs, mm-hmm. but made of intestines, kind of, like pop out of the yeah. the horns expand into these intestine legs and this was cool it was very cool this gave it, me this gave me the thing totally you know I mean? the thing yeah. totally the thing and it jumps and it inserts these like horny intestine gut legs gut, gut <laughs> tentacles into the other man the non cute one <laughs> he's still kind of oh, cute but fine not but cute. not to me is the other one and he literally rips open this man's chest and then was it like collecting there was an it was like pulling out shot, his guts pu- i think yeah. yeah it seems like it was like pulling out his and it looks Ooh, it looked like yeah. it was moving and ooh, and I also it, we should say like way. aside from the um like the next slice at the top of the movie, which was clearly CGI. This is, all this is practical, practical effects, like gross fucking practical effects, yeah. which was cool. Sloppy, cool. goopy, yeah. bloody, goopy, disgusting. Yes. Great, yes. bloody, disgusting. <laughs> Get, can you sponsor us, please? Could you bloody please? <laughs> and then the mask jumps from that guy onto the cute guy but this time it attaches itself onto his head like he puts it on this guy's head his eyes start to bleed his whole head starts to bleed almost like the mask is crushing his skull from the Mm -hmm. outside and then we get a, a quick shot of the tongue skeleton like floating in space and then back to this guy with the mask fully on he rips at his sleeves but he doesn't fall down dead. He's no. standing and the mask remains. I mean, you got to show off them guns. Show them guns. In a big fancy empty lobby, Beatriz sits and waits to meet with Taki. And in his office, he we see him looking through a file that has a bunch of pictures of Monku and the Padre. But they're like 
holding guns. They seem to be like militia style-esque. We also see a uh, drawing of the mask and he puts all these papers together and Taki's secretary then shows Beatriz into his office and again he tries to convince her to like focus on finding this mask and this artifact and fuck all these other bitches. Mm -hmm. Forget the Bolivian children and forget the fucking two women that died. And he also says that he knows that she's been in some trouble with unsolved cases in the past but that he's got pull in the police and he can help her out Mm -hmm. and then he pushes over that file he was just looking at and he says that here's some information on the piece and on a suspect that might be of special interest because he has seems to be connected to the mask plus if you need outside help i have the resources to do that and again he gives her his card and she takes this file and leaves. Now we see two people fucking in a car. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, wow, they are Wow. They're yeah. I mean, a blast. A Having blast. a good time, just so a delight. Happy. I mean, but they're also aside from fucking, they're like, "I love you. I love oh, yeah. you." Like they are into it desperately in love just going yeah, at they're it they're having a good oh, time they could bad. not wait till they got home they were like no, no and the car is good <laughs> but this is this i really liked because it was a classic horror movie yes classic slasher move because yes. here they are these two young people in love fucking don't fuck and then right behind them as they're like banging you see uh-huh. who i'm now gonna call the skull yeah which is our man that has has the attached mask to himself and he's standing in the back real creepy it's very friday the 13th it's michael myers Mm -hmm. it's that whole jam and he's also a big fucking dude in like a jumpsuit like it's kane hotter it's absolutely yes it's all that the skull approaches the car he punches through the window he pulls the girl out with a piece of glass he stabs her chest (gasps) slices it open literally her rib cage is popping out of her fucking chest he reaches in he grabs her intestines from this opening (laughs) and then wraps the boyfriend's neck with the intestines and strangles him to death yeah as he walks away, because after he's killed these two poor lovers. You just happened to be here on the road. Like, If they had chosen to have sex at home, mm-hmm. then this would have They'd never happened. They'd be fine. This is not personal. It's just like, you were you were there. Yeah. That's it. Don't be fucking on the streets, everybody. Or exactly. Or the mask will get you. The mask. <laughs> the skull will get you. <laughs> Jim Carrey's the mask. <laughs> will get you. Will get you. They call him uh, Cuban Pete. And so... <laughs> <laughs> As he walks away, uh, we see that his, the intestines are hanging out of his arms and sleeves, yeah, and that yeah. it gets sucked back into his arms and sleeves. And I was like, "Ooh, this is gross." I fucking fucking love these practical effects here. I love them, and this is just a small criticism, which mm-hmm. you know doesn't doesn't fucking matter. But I was like, I could have used this is gonna sound really awful a little bit more blood just give me like a little bit more blood coming Agreed. out Be- because like it that's what would happen i assume i don't ever want to know but i was like <laughs> there would be more blood flying around i here. agree i still love it but there would be more blood 
I think so too. I I don't disagree with you, and I don't think you're wrong. Either way, it was still awesome. At the church again, which is still covered in water, even more flooded (laughs) at this point. It's literally a pool. The padre (laughs) is blowing out some candles as Monku walks in, and he throws the desiccated hand at the padre's feet. Monku says the house supai is the one that brought Anyanga to our world, to our plane. Mm. The padre's like, dude, I saw the news too. It's not a demon that the Indians invented to scare the Jesuits, okay? It's just a coincidence. The order was created because they didn't agree with the way the Jesuits were doing things. They were created to study the people, the mythology, their legends, and for a really long time, the order believed and prepared themselves to fight these demons. Mm-hmm. I believed, is what the padre said. Just look at all this shit that I have saved in here, waiting for this apocalypse that's supposed to come. But it doesn't exist. I don't believe anymore. Um teatro não significa que o apocalipse chegou. Acts of random things doesn't mean the apocalypse is here. Like the brutality that's happening, the murders and stuff like that? Is that what he's talking about? He's basically saying it's not the same. It's not yeah, connected. It's not the that same. it's a coincidence that there is okay. murders like this. And Monku says that the femur of Tawansipai... Oh my God, guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Monku says that the femur of Tawansipai is his right that my dad was responsible for it. Without it, I can't destroy Ayanga, and the mask will keep making sacrifices for Tawansipai. So that's why that skull person in with the tongue is Tawansipai, and he's the one sending Ayanga, which is in the mask. Okay. Does, does that make sense to you now? That makes sense to me now, but also I just need to clarify one more thing. So mm-hmm. Padri and Manku mm-hmm. were part of an order. Yes. To stop this demon from ever returning. Yes. And it seems that the Padre is now like, that's all bullshit. I, I believed in it once. I don't anymore. But Manku is like, no, dude, you you got you should believe. Yeah. Basically. And okay? I need the femur to stop what's happening. The Padre says, listen, it's a fucking max, dude. It could be a crazy person thinking that he's going to get divine powers like what happened 70 years ago, which is what we saw in the beginning. Mm-hmm. É uma máscara, não é o diabo. It's a mask, it's not the devil. And he says, I would love it to be. (laughs) I trained for it, but it isn't. Okay. So these two men are trained to defend the basically this plane against Mm -hmm. Anyanga and Anyanga the devil. (laughs) So Monk insists for the femur. And the Padre says, it's not here and it's not your responsibility anymore. And Monku says, if it's here, a young guy is going to come in a straight line to this place. Monku then turns to leave and the Padre's like, uh, what about your rotten hand over here, dude? And Monku <laughs> says, keep it. You're going to need it, dude. Ew. And he leaves and the Padre turns to go put a key that he takes off of his neck into a tiny little box. And when uh-huh. he does, on the ground, the hand starts a turning. Ooh. 
Now we see three dudes that are like separating drugs in a shack. The shack shakes all of a sudden and the guys are like, what the fuck? And so they each pick up, pick up a weapon, one of them being a giant machete. Oh, I've a giant, never seen anything like that. It's giant. It almost looks like a broad sword that's yeah. been cut in half. Like it's yes. crazy. Oof. The room shakes again and they head up towards the front of this shack with their weapons at like ready to go. And then the skull... His arm breaks through the wall. He grabs a guy's throat and rips it out. And then with that same arm, he smashes the back of his wrist onto the guy's face and he falls to the ground. The third guy is shooting at him. He don't give a fuck. He breaks through the wall. He picks up the guy and slams him all around this shack. And then he grabs that huge machete and slices the guy's stomach open, sticks his hand in him, and then he walks over to the other guy that was that got punched in the face. He grabs the machete and just like slices half of his face off. It's just yeah. a flap and an eyeball. Like a, a flop of a face. A I floppy also... face and I wish everybody listening could see what I just saw of Eileen literally like voguing, doing a dance, being like she he did this and then that and then like strike a pose just all over the place. Uh, I'm doing that. So if good. I were to be the skull is me punching, lifting, turning all of it. It was so good. Thank you. <laughs> At Beatriz's house, she's doing some research and she reads an article that says Jesuits hide report about the power of Inca magic. Okay. Mm -hmm. She also reads that same article that Lila was reading, which is that has the circle of fire, a circle de fogo. And then finally, she watches that same footage that we see of the guy that was filming with the guy at the stake. A little later, she sneaks back into Galvani's house to look for more clues. And as she goes in, she finds the dead cleanup crew guy and mm -hmm. the butler in the front of the house. Also, chest open, guts out, all of it. Back at the drug shack, the forensics team are there and Beatriz and her partner arrive to see what's going on. And she says, it's all the same M.O., but the targets are all different, like we were just at a mansion and now we're in the slums. Like why that doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And outside Monku has been watching this crime scene. And as Beatriz and her partner come out, she kind of sees him and kind of recognizes him, but doesn't really do anything. And she's like, something's weird. She goes home and waiting there is Taka's douchey fucking Nabuto. What a bitch. And he hands the her a file. The jacket is even worse. Ja I mean, it's every outfit he's wearing, it's just worse. a fucking living nightmare. Uh, I wish I could see this man's closet. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> he hands her a file and he's saying, hey, in there you'll find two things. A proposition for your future. And the second is the reason why you should accept the proposition to expedite your obligations with us. Hmm. He leaves. She opens the, the envelope and it's a picture of her shooting at something at the ground. And we get a flashback. She's sitting in the backseat of a car with two masked dudes and they're like, listen, you can't back out now, rookie. The Chinese are paying us a lot of money for us to settle this problem for them. Mm -hmm. Consider this an initiation ritual. And then they make her snort like something, cocaine or something. I'm assuming cocaine, yeah. And he's like, plus those kids deserve what they're getting. They're guilty as hell. Okay. And then we see her standing over something. And as we pull back... We see it's a dead kid Ugh. that she's just shot. And that's like the reason why 
they're blackmailing her, basically. But also, I do believe this is the massacre that was implied in the beginning that got her in trouble. Mm -hmm. Back to regular time. Now we're in a club. We hear banging music and Skull just walks into the back of some place and runs into a dude and he's like, hey, buddy, the costume party is next door. And Skull's like, fuck you. He grabs him. (laughs) He machetes his head and then he pulls the skin right off of his fucking face. It's amazing. It's great. In the party. Everybody's like, boonks, boonks, I want to go to this party. This fun looks party. like so much fun. Everybody's oh got their costumes on. The DJ is Dia de los Muertos style. I love it. And he's standing in the middle of that room like a creepy motherfucker, heads above the crowd. Like he is a oh, tall huge. bitch. Yes. And <laughs> he, all of a sudden, he looks over at the DJ, Dia de los Muertos, and he throws his machete, but the machete is attached to one of his like intestine testicles. Yeah. Testicle. <laughs> intestine um, testicles. Intestine. <laughs> one of his intestine te- tentacles. tentacles. Wow, that's really hard to say. One of his intestine te- tentacles. <laughs> intestine te- intestine testicle tentacles. Oh, that's a good uh, one. That's uh. tough. And he and like the the machete goes flying. Into the DJ's neck, pretty much decapitating her fucking face. Goodbye. Bye. And then he pulls it back in with with his intestine tentacles. (laughs) And then it's like, it's a massacre. The crowd freaks out. They're running everywhere. He goes, machete to the gut of some girl. He pulls it back. The guts spill out. Machete to the back of a head. And he pulls the guy in. He grabs, he reaches inside his body, pulls out a rib, turns around, Stabs the rib in a woman's oh, I thought he head. Was, it was his spine. It was a rib. Oh, it was okay. it was I a bone t- of some it sort. It was a fucking bone that he yeah. pulled out of this man to stab a woman in the to stab fucking a woman forehead through with. the fucking head in. <laughs> with. Jesus. He slices a guy open and pulls out his fucking heart, lifts it over his head, and it's pulsating, and the blood is just gushing out of all the arteries. I mean, this was incredible. Great. This was ridiculous and over the top, but it's so, just great. It's so great. fun. <laughs> So now it's the next day, and Beatriz and her partner go to this club, this this scene of the crime, and the commissioner is there. But Beatriz sees that Monku is lurking again on the outside of a crime mm-hmm. scene, so she chases him down, but she can't catch him. And when she goes back to the club, the commissioner's like, "What's the, what was that all about? And Beatriz is like, listen, I need authorization for a special operation so I can go search that guy's house. He's our main suspect. The commissioner's like, okay, based on what? And Beatriz hands her this file that Taki gave her. And the commissioner's like, where did you get this from? Beatriz says, this guy Taki gave it to me on suspicion that he's one of the people that wants the mask artifact. And the commissioner, which I was very much on her side, is like, this is all very convenient, isn't it? That some guy is just going to give you a file with the kil- with the guilty person in it? Like, that's yes. not how it works, Listen to officer. the commissioner. Please. And she says, you've been around for a long time to know better than this. And especially, like, since you went through all that bullshit girl like hello hello hello. what are you doing also did you recognize the commissioner was she in um um as boas maneras that's fucking gilda from as boas maneras that's fucking gilda 
Oh man, Gilda, I our love favorite. Gilda, Gilda oh my was God, the she best. Was so good. good for yep. her. Get that work, girl. Yeah, girl. Back at Beatriz's house, she calls Taki and she's like, "Listen, I can't do this officially with like police, so I'm accepting your offer of giving me a team." And Taki's like, "Great." At the church, Upadri is holding on to the desiccated hand, and all of a sudden, it starts twitching and moving. He drops it. By the way, the, the, the priest is literally like, he might as well be up to his forehead in water at this oh point. Oh my God, just... he's drowning. He is fully drowning. <laughs> also, did you think that he looked like Gael Garcia Bernal? Totally. He's very handsome, this priest. Very, yeah, he's, he's got a, teeny, a very- He's a tiny, little buddy, but he is a, he's a fucking Gael Garcia Bernal clone. Totally. So he drops the desiccated hand into this fucking he- pool of of a church that the, <laughs> that it is, and the hand starts turning and it points somewhere. And so the padre follows where the hand pointed at, and he's looking around. Then he looks over to the entrance of the church, and there he is, the skull. And now he's like covered in blood, Ooh. and this more dude, and more ugh. intestines are like attached to his body, and like yes. pieces of guts are like popping out of his jumpsuit it's gross it almost looks like bones too are starting to like protrude yeah and he looks it's cool constantly like wet like the blood is fresh it's it is goopy yes and so upadri is like kneel down demon before the wrath of god and skull growls this horrible growl and the padre who is standing right next to his humongous crucifix, grabs one of Jesus Christ's outstretched hands and pulls it out. And out from inside of this crucifix comes a sword. And I was like, you know what? This is fucking dope. This is fucking cool. (laughs) And also, like... You don't quite see what's going on. They they they're kind of close in on the padre's face, and he's mm-hmm. pulling at something. And I was like, P- "Are you telling?" I was like, <laughs> "You're telling me right now. You're gonna show me that that hand is a sword because he's literally like by the hand of Christ or whatever." And then you it, the reveal is oh, the sword. Man. It's the, so good. And the line is. Which means oh God's God. hand is sharp. Nice. <laughs> Dude. And then suddenly <laughs> the screen changes, and this is what I equate it to. Remember in Kill Bill that when the literally screen wrote Kill turns Bill. blue? Yep. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the screen in Kill Bill turns like a blue background, and you just see like dark figures fighting. But instead, here, instead of the screen being blue, it's just a giant church stained glass piece. Very cool. It's very cool. And the padre and the skull are like machete and sword fighting, just like cling clang slicing. Uh, I mean, the fucking padre is sticking in his sword yeah. and doing He's the work. Stabbing him like through the body. But, but this fucking mm. thing is humongous. Nope. And we get out of the screen by the skull kicking the padre in the chest and he lands outside of the church in this like cemetery area and they keep fighting and the padre kicks the machete out of the skull's hand but the skull knocks the padre to the ground he picks up one of the stone angels from a nearby grave and he throws it on top of the padre kind of knocking him out and then from the outer realms again in that other dimension we see the tongue skeleton and he he 
kind of like turns almost like he's facing towards something and from a pool of blood we see the femur emerge and all of a sudden it's like the skull knows where it is oh that's what that meant i was like why is this femur appearing all of a sudden but it's because the skull now knows yeah he like tahuatsipai is Showing him, like, this is where you're close to it, basically. I see. You're getting remember, closer. Because remember, Monku was like, if you have the femur Straight here, line. he's coming to you. Yes. Okay. At home, Monku is looking at maps and trying to do some math, figuring out where the femur could be. And he's like, it's at the church. The fucking padre was lying to me like a motherfucker. But outside, Beatriz with the goon squad that she got from Taki, mm-hmm. they're waiting to get inside of Monku's house. As they come in, Monku gets up and he's like, eat a dick, bro. I'm trained for this. And he beats everybody's fucking ass, like one by one, bang, bing, bong. My favorite was when Nabuto, I think is what he's called. Nabuto. Nabuto is wearing like a metal Jason Voorhees mask. Yeah. A metal one. Yeah. And Monku grabs a coffee mug and <laughs> shoves this into the face and, and Nabuto's like, oh, your Jason mask didn't protect really? you. Okay, sure. Okay. But at the end of all the people there, that after he beats everyone's ass, Beatriz comes in and she ends up shooting him in the fucking gut, like point blank, point so close, blank. Yeah. He's he's just standing there. This woman is trigger happy. Yeah. She's waving that gun around all throughout this movie. This too whole much. movie, she's pulling that gun out all pulling the time. Pulling it out. Whoa, girl. Like, wow. dude, that is a grandma you just pulled that gun out on. <laughs> yeah, you know take it mean? easy, honey. Relax. But so Monk was still like, he gets shot, but he fucking runs away. Oh, and as, as he's running away, he we get a quick shot of him literally just robbing a purse. Like a, a woman is walking his way. He grabs her purse and keeps running. And she's like, my and purse. And she's like, oh, damn. Well, uh, Another she day runs like two Paulo. feet. And they're like, ah. Oh. Fuck That's it. that. So he turns a corner, he gets down and rifles through this woman's purse, pulls out a fucking tampon. Yep. Then he shoves it into his fucking bullet hole. And I was and literally yeah. the cord sticking out, I was like, wow, guys. Okay. A choice. Hey. Monkle goes to the church and he sees inside that there's a trail of blood in the pool of water and he walks over and the padre's fucking dead on the wet ground. He sees the hand, the desiccated hand of his father. He grabs it. He goes to the little box on the shelf where uh, the padre hid the key and he grabs the key from the inside. Then he goes over, he grabs a rag and he starts soaking up some of the padre's blood and squeezing it into a plastic bag. Outside in the cemetery, Monkle goes over to the mausoleum that matches with the number that's on the key and he opens it and inside is all the militia stuff that was hidden from before and he pulls out this long canister and I called it a fire shooter what is that called? Oh I call it a flamethrower flamethrower I was like yeah. fire shooter <laughs> that's... fire shooters great but I it's love like that. <laughs> ghostbuster style and yeah. the tanks are in a backpack and yeah. so he pulls those two things out and he opens the canister and attached to the top of the canister is a photo of him and the padre when they were militia order buddies mm-hmm. and he says damn you padre you didn't believe in that guy but he fully exists. <laughs> this episode is just me trying to say this name. 
<laughs> You're but doing all, great. Thanks. But immediately he senses something, and then from behind another mausoleum, covered in moving intestines this time, oh. they are slipping and sliding <sighs> all over him. Disgusting. Yeah. Here comes the skull. Monk, who puts on his fire shooter backpack, and then <laughs> from the canister, he reaches in and he pulls out the femur. There it is. And he yells, Anyanga! And the skull is, again, looks even gnarlier than before. There, I think there's a heart popping out of his shoulder. Uh, oh, that's what I thought was a bone. That's a fucking heart. I think oh, it's a okay. heart. I see. Ew. So Monku turns on his fire shooter and he shoots the fire, but there's no fucking gas. So it fucking fails. But then he pulls out a gun. Where did he have a gun from? Who knows? But he shoots this gun <laughs> at this at the skull. The skull falls ah. to his knee and Monk runs right at him <sighs> and smack right upside the face, femur to the cheek. But Oof. all of a sudden, his tampon wound really hurts him. So he's like, I can't do this. And he runs away leaving the skull behind. In a car, we see Beatriz and her partner, and they're talking about how there was a disturbance called at the church earlier that was right by that club where the massacre happened. And suddenly the partner's like, stop the car, stop the car. And there he is, the skull. So Beatriz's partner gets out, he shoots him four times, and then he approaches the skull, stupid move my guy because the skull picks him up slams him on the ground and then just stomps through this guy's head like one stomp smash one one bam that'll do Yep. That'll do, pig. And so fucking Beatriz gets back in her car and is trying to get the fuck out of there. But the skull jumps through the air, is fully like airborne and like <laughs> lands on the roof. Yeah. But she pulls out really fast and he rolls off the roof onto the ground. I was like, bitch, run him over. But she did not. Not that that would have done anything to this. Oh, thing. no. That fucking thing. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. It's Jason Bourne. Uh <laughs> So now it's the night. Both Monku and Beatriz have like reloaded all their shit. Monku put gas in his gas in his fire shooter. Fucking Beatriz has a shotgun now. She's watching Monku in like this open space area through some binoculars as he pours gas on the ground in a circle. And in the center is the femur. And he pours the Padre's blood that he collected before from that rag in the plastic bag all over the femur and then he hides behind a car and he's fully rocking his dad's rotted hand as a necklace now and he's monk who sits there and he waits suddenly the hand like shoots out from his neck like a magnet like a magnet but you know attached so it doesn't go anywhere and this means he has arrived Mm -hmm. Beatriz sees from afar that the skull is getting there so she runs down from where she was watching so the skull sees the femur in the middle of this circle and he goes for it but Monku comes out from behind a car starts the fire shooter and lights up the circle that he did made of gas around the femur Mm -hmm. keeping the skull outside of this circle so as he's lighting up this circle the skull starts running towards him but he lights up these two barrels of gas exploding and sending the skull fucking flying into the air again but he lands on his feet like a fucking cat like a fucking gymnast he just like the fly through the the air is hilarious just like bam (laughs) i've got this and then monku and the skull are fighting they're 
punching, there's headbutts. Monkle grabs a wooden slab and smashes it on the side of Skull's head. And when it splinters apart, he uses the rest of it to impale him through the chest. But then the Skull grabs Monkle from the neck, lifts him up into the sky. But Monkle fucking reaches inside his body and pulls out a fucking heart. And then he begins the prayer. From the other dimension, Teheo Pai starts breaking the ground, but it's only the ground that's within the fire circle. The mask starts falling into the red abyss below, and so does Monku. And you're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. But then all of a sudden, we see his gloved hand hold on to the side, and then his other hand pulls him up, but in that other hand is the mask. Mm. He looks down and he sees Tehisepai's throne as the ground closes back up. <laughs> I've said I, I'm like 15,000 I, I, I know we like it's hard. We mean no disrespect but within the past minute you've, the first one was <laughs> the Pai. <laughs> And <laughs> now it was the Hisapai. <laughs> I the love whole, it. <laughs> listen, Tahini no Pai. It's tough. Yeah, Tahini Pai. Oh no! Oh, it's so oh hard. no! No no. Okay. okay. So Monku is lying there, and he goes to reach for the mask, but somebody standing there kicks it out of his foot. We look up, and it's fucking Nabuto, the piece of shit goon, Ugh. and this time in a bulletproof vest, but still J-Lo glasses, and he points his gun at Monku, and blam! The goon falls back. He doesn't mm-hmm. shoot him. Beatriz is here, and she's shot him with her shotgun, and she's just like, boom, 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 like fucking him up. Oh, yeah. She goes right up to him, stands over him, and blows his fucking face off. I was like, good, he sucks. Bye, he sucks, yeah. So then she turns to Monku, and she goes, threatens him. Gun happy. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. She says, I can't let you keep that mask. And he says, listen, it's my duty to protect it. Mm -hmm. But then we see that sirens approach, and it fades. And as it opens back up, we see the double S insignia again. And underneath it says, building a better world. We hear applause. There's a big banner with a drawing of the mask and the title, Tushlu, a máscara do imperio, the empire's mask. Hmm. And Taki is speaking at a podium and he thanks Detective Beatriz Obigias for bringing back the mask. And then we see that right next to him, there's the mask in a glass box. As Beatriz is starting to leave, Taki comes up to her and he's like, hey, can we talk in my office. So they go into his office and as they're going in, he takes a call saying, yes, prepare the children. I'm on my way. Okay. He thanks Beatriz again and he reveals that the mask in the exhibit is actually a replica and he lifts a little colorful handkerchief and there's the actual mask and this time it's got chains all around it and I was like, how, what's that got, how is that going to stop anything? Can't stop it. Beatriz is like, what the fuck is going on here? This thing is really dangerous and he's like, It's only dangerous if we leave these things in the hands of the Indians. Mm. What's important is that the power is in the hands of human beings that want to build an ideal society. Nazis. Nazis. And he says, like you, Beatriz, how about a job? Did you read my proposition? 
and we're not going to repeat the errors of the past. We'll find the other pieces and with your help, we'll always have children's blood available. <gasps> Behind him, we see the security footage of one of another goon moving three kids with like bags over their heads. And Thak says, all you have to do is do the same kind of work you've done in the past. Because she killed those kiddos yeah. in that thing before. Yeah. yeah. So will you accept my proposal? At this point, because obviously Beatriz is the gun happiest person we know, she's got her gun fucking already out and blam, she shoots that motherfucker right in the fucking head. Then she reaches down into her holster of her ankle. She pulls out the gun and she puts it in his hand. We see after this another news report explaining that Thaki was the one that was involved with kidnapping the Bolivian children and that he resisted arrest and threatened with a firearm and that's why Beatriz shot him, which is not really what happened. Not that he didn't deserve to get fucking bopped in the head, but you know. Right. And as we hear this report, we see the fruit dispatch again and Monk who is back there working, loading up them mangoes or whatever and uh, this mm -hmm. time he is rocking that hand on his chest. Can you imagine working with him and being oh. like, oh, this is a new piece of jewelry you've decided to yeah. wear today, Monk? This is an interesting choice. Or just walking down the street seeing that. Ew. Wouldn't gross. it stink too? Yes. Ew. <laughs> Disgusting. Uh, so he's rocking his dad's rotten hand, and then he stops, he looks up, and then we see that the hand does the shocker again. Like the hand, shocker. like, you know, does like a weird, like, bends the fingers. It's either shocker uh -huh. or I love you or rock and roll. Algo así. Who knows? Uh -huh. And it screams, or we hear a scream. And there's like a whoa. And then we see title card Skull, a mascara duayanga. I got a question for you. Okay. Why the children for the sacrifice? Like clearly blood wasn't needed from children before. If that if that was the case, uh -huh. I feel like they should have had the guy that was tied to the stake at the beginning be a kid. Be a child. Yeah. Girl. I don't think that was really followed no. through that, that kid thing. Well, nice job. Thanks. Um, how about we get into some trivia? Yeah. Well, this is my trivia for today. So first of all, I looked up the word Tahao Tin Supai. This, I believe, is a made-up word. Okay. Because I looked up Tahao Tin Supai. I think that's the, word, the way you uh, pronounce this. And the only links I could find were to this movie. Sure. So I started to break the word down just a little mm -hmm. bit. So this is what I discovered. This is from, so let's start with this, from aboutphilippines.org. The Philippines? Um, Philippines. Okay. So this is literally like somebody's thesis. It's called Indigenous Religion, Institutions, and Rituals of the Mamanwas of Caraga Region, Philippines, written by Ramel D. Tomakin. Tahawan is the indigenous religion of the Mamanwas people, apparently, according to this thesis. Mm -hmm. Tahawan, the indigenous religion, is de is derived from the word Tahaw, T-A-H-A-W, which is the beginning of this word mm -hmm. in this movie, which means supreme being or God. Okay. Now, Tahaw Tin, I don't know. Tin, I don't know why they just threw the word tin in there, pero there it is. Thin. 
Pero supai, this is from Wikipedia, supai. In the Quechua, Aymara, and Inca mythologies, and that's why I was like, the word supai me suena. Uh-huh. Supai was both the god of death and ruler of the Ucupacha, the Incan underworld, as well as a race of demons. Ooh. Cool, right? Supai is associated with miners' rituals. With the Spanish colonization of the Americas, Christian priests used the name supai to refer to the Christian devil. However, unlike Europeans in relation to the Christian devil, the indigenous people did not repudiate Supai, but being scared of him, they invoked him and begged him not to harm them. Interesting. Wow. Supai acquired a syncretic symbolism, syncretic again, becoming a main character of the Diabladas of Bolivia, which I remember from Bolivia from Carnival, which it says here seen in the Carnaval de Oruro, which I've been to. Fun. Also Peru and other Andean countries. The name Supai is now roughly translated into Diablo in most Southern American countries, or I'm going to say some Southern American countries. So I just thought that was interesting of breaking the word down, finding how they were like, sure, this will do. You know what I mean? A little bit about Anyanga. This is from Wikipedia. Anyanga, which is a Tupi word meaning spirit. It's a spirit in Brazilian mythology that often protects animals, especially the females and young ones, and tends to appear as a white deer with red eyes. Interesting that we didn't see any of that except for red eyes. Red eyes. We did see red eyes. One legend involves an indigenous person who tortured a young fawn so the screams would attract the mother. Ooh, that's awful. Yeah. When she came near, he killed her just to realize that the Anyanga had used an illusion and he had just killed his own mother. Fuck. Oui. In the mythology of the Tupi, a tribe of indigenous Brazilians of pre-Columbian America, Anyanga are the general spirits that wandered the earth after death, tormenting the living. Ooh. Spooky. They could take any shape, but the deer with fiery eyes is the most known. According to some myths, Anyanga protected animals against hunters. When the prey would escape, the Tupi would say that Anyanga had protected them and helped them escape. Often mistaken for Anyanguera, which was a name used by the early Jesuit missionaries as an equivalent of the devil, mm. due to the words being similar, interesting. However, the Anyanga is not considered a devil, though it was feared. So the word Tuxlu, Tushlu? Tuxlu. So I got this from wordmeaning.org. That is a Quechua word meaning skull or head cracked. That's cool. Yeah. And that's my trivia for today. That's lovely. (laughs) I'm just going to do a recap on what the Tupi language is. Great. So this is from Wikipedia. Old Tupi or classical Tupi is an extinct Tupian language which was spoken by the aboriginal Tupi people of Brazil, mostly those who inhabited coastal regions in south and southeast Brazil. It belongs to the Tupi-Guarani language family and has a written history spanning the 16th, 17th, and early 18th century. In the early colonial period, Tupi was was used as lingua franca, also known as the common language, Mm -hmm. throughout Brazil by Europeans and Aboriginal Americans and had literary usage, but it was later suppressed almost to extinction, leaving only one modern descendant, Nehengatu, which is... um, 
Nehengatu is an indigenous language of the Americas that is derived from the Tupi-Guarani language. And people still speak that today is what we're gathering from that. Yes. Leaving only one modern descendant. So yeah. Okay. So the other thing I wanted to talk about is at the beginning of this movie, we see in the credits, it says, and Skull is played by Huhik Jr. Rurik Jr. Mm. And I was like, who the fuck is Rurik Jr.? Let's find out. And boy, is it fun. Rurik Jr. is a wrestler from the Brazilian Wrestling Federation. Their website, bwf.com.br, which is Brazilian Wrestling Federation, says here, I'll say it in Portuguese and then I'll translate it. Uh-huh. A Brazilian Wrestling Federation traz muita ação com o melhor da luta livre para você. E para isso acontecer, contamos com os melhores lutadores do país, além da nova geração de lutadores treinadas por nós. Conheça aqui os lutadores que fazem este show para você. So, the Brazilian Wrestling Federation brings lots of action and the best of wrestling to you. Lucha Livre. <laughs> to you. <laughs> the best of Luta Livre, which is wrestling to you. Um, and for this to happen, we count on the best wrestlers of the country and a new generation of wrestlers, of fighters trained by us. Rurik Jr. says, and his little like bio in this website mm-hmm. says, started his journey at BWF in his hometown of Guarulhos, which is a city in Sao Paulo. At the time, he was a clean fighter or maybe like a face, which is like the good a good guy. Oh, yeah. I learn all these things from you. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Face means good. Face means good. Heel is bad. Okay, okay. Got it. <laughs> it's all coming back. <laughs> At the time, he was a clean fighter and admired by the... Also, this was ran through Google Translate, so it oh, may be wrong. Uh, bear but, with us. And admired by the public for his agility in combat. Rurik has already conquered almost all of the company's titles starting in 2011 with the Anime Friends Cup title. Mm -hmm. And then Rurik also conquered the Survivor title, having then two titles at the same time, which is a rarity. Hmm. Rurik took his titles to Chile, where he represented the Brazilian Wrestling Federation. And over the years, Rurik became more, more experienced and conquered the top title of the Brazilian Wrestling Federation, which is the Brazilian wrestling title. Nice. Against Knockout Jack, which which is spelled Knockout Jack. Oh, I love that. Knockout Jack at the Night of Champions. Noite de Campeões. He had a long reign defending his belt against five fighters at the same time and also Holy defending shit. his title at the WSW International Event in partnership with the Brazilian Wrestling Federation. He was also the Brazilian Wrestling Federation's doubles champion with Albert, but this oh, good old Albert, <laughs> yeah, with, it says with Albert, but the pair is the most hated by the public. So I oh. think this is why maybe he turned heel when he got into a partnership. I can't tell you I haven't seen all his fights. Okay. Currently, Rurik is Brazilian Wrestling Federation's internet champion, hmm. following a brilliant and highly booed rain oh okay and his his headshot is he is i mean he is totally my type i'm into him (laughs) um 
His favorite moves are called Fodasi, which means go fuck, fuck yourself. yourself. I love that. And the end of days. He's 32 years old. His nickname is Anjuloiru, which means blonde angel, hmm. because his dad was a wrestler before him known as Ujiabuloiru. Okay. And his dad is uh, is named Rurik. Before he was known as the Giabuloiru, he was known as Walemon Rurik. Mm-hmm. You can see all these fights, like Rurik Jr.'s fights and also his dad's fights from like this fucking early 80s, fucking oh, late 70s. Oh, my God. All on YouTube. They're really Did fun. Did you watch them? I watched one of Rurik Jr. Uh-huh. and then one of his dad who was fighting against Johnny Hawaiano. Hawaiano. Ha- Hawaiian Johnny. Yeah, Hawaiian Johnny. <sighs> and it's literally just a big Brazilian dude in a Brazilian shirt and a fucking plastic lay. It's hilarious. Oh, Jesus. So, you know, exciting that this lovely, beautiful man is moved on to have a career slamming bitches and fucking walls but you know as a horrible serial killer so that's really I love that I mean they've they've done that before in certain movies where they'll take you know like a a wrestling person who's yeah yeah, who's famous for wrestling and throw him into a horror movie it fits it's perfect you know what I mean love him and uh, that's the end of my trivia great you want to answer some questions for me totally Eileen were you scared not really nah no no it was mostly like gross kind of yeah not really like cool gross kind of thing not like scared gross no no what was your best scare (laughs) there was a little tiny very tiny moment where i jumped leela was looking right at the mask and there was a music sting and that's when the the horns twitched for her and i totally Uh jumped out of my fucking seat (laughs) i was like oh fuck (laughs) So that's my biggest scare. Oh, what about you? Cute little leggies. Mine is very random. It wasn't like a jump. It was just a creep. Mm. And it's when the the padre has the desiccated hand mm. in his. He's like holding it, and the the hand starts to move. Mm-hmm. That just I was like, oh, that really gave me the creeps. Yeah. So I'll give it to that one. Who was your favorite character? I guess Monku. I think Monku was a pretty good character. Mm-hmm. You know who else? I'll give it to those two pugs at the beginning. Oh, sweet babies. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I'll give it to Beatriz, I guess. You know, she, we were there most consistently with her. She wasn't the most likable character. And like, I'm going to say her performance was good, not great. You know what I mean? I didn't like, like some it. Some of those scowls were, I was like, I'm not feeling it. But I was, you know, I was captiva- captivated enough by her. And I'm also going to give it to Gilda, <laughs> who Gilda! was like the only, who was the only person of reason in this film. Her actual name is, I looked her up, Gilda Nomachi, I believe is how you pronounce that. Gilda, so, we love you. Gilda, uh, I just love you so much. What was your best line? É uma máscara, não é o diabo. Ah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mask. Not the devil. You know what I'm going to tell you? I don't have a best line for this movie. That's I even okay. looked back to find. I was just like, give me like a Brazilian f- like phrase that you really liked. You know what I'll do? Escroto. <laughs> what was that line? Like that guy's Esse an escroto. Cara é um escroto. That's it. That's my favorite line right there. So That guy's a scrotum. I'll take it. That man's a scrotum. Uh, what was your best death? I'm going to give the nightclub. Like that oh, nice. whole yeah. sequence was... Solid. The nightclub massacre. The nightclub yeah, massacre sure. was 
pretty good. We got a little bit of everything. We got a decapitation. We got some oh, yeah. guts coming out. We got a fucking mm-hmm. stab in the head with a bone. Like, come on. <laughs> the whole jam. That that whole uh, sequence for me was the best kill. <laughs> yeah, it was solid. Mine was the sex couple in the car. Just nice. because as our, it's like our first real. Yeah. I mean, we've seen people die already before that. But it's like movie, his but I was just first like, kill. Yes. I was like, holy shit. Even though I could have used more like blood spat or whatever right. still i was just like oh this is where we're going yeah okay got it did you learn anything about the culture not really no it was kind of more like our research at the end that kind of taught us some stuff yeah but it does feel like they kind of like that word i'm pretty sure supai is just like a mashup a smash so up they're and like also, they're like creating shit if they were gonna do onion ga i would have maybe liked like maybe a deer head or like uh something totally. more mm-hmm. related to the thing like i get the the connection to oh the jesuits believed it was a devil which is mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff but that's not like actual that's a, a colonized thought yeah you know what i we mean we didn't get it's any like of the like original. the legit Tupi stuff, which maybe yeah. would have been cool to see, but you know, not really. Same. And finally, how many ooies are you going to give this movie? You know, this was very, it almost like they put a couple scripts together in one. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like, like the Nazi thing and then the fucking, uh, this cop lady. And like, there was a, a, a few plot holes in there that I think oh, yeah. could have been worked on. But the gore is really good. Mm-hmm. Like, we're talking solid goop blood. I think It's fun gore. Yeah. And I think the skull is ugly and and I mean the the character itself. Like I thought it was mm-hmm. really nasty and and intimidating and like all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm gonna give it two ooies. Mm, I'll give it two point five just because legitimately like the kills were really good, practical, which was really nice. Sure, there was a yeah. handful of like maybe CGI things, but for the most part, like just the fact that even when he was walking around in the cemetery, I was like, th- this man still looks like he's just constantly bleeding out of somewhere mm-hmm. and it just looks- And guts are like flowing every- around those him and guts shit. are so yeah. was so good. So I'll give it two point five not a great script, great gore. Yeah. Yeah. I am also on the same page as you where I honestly gave it a two, but it's one of those where I'm like two, two and a half, but like the hat, I'm going to just stick to two and a half, but it'll like, it's just like the audacity of the movie. Like I can see what you were going for. Right. Right off the top, this like batshit opening sequence where we're like, what's going on here? The gore is so over the top. Like some of the shots are stylistic enough that you're like, I see what you were going for for but you didn't make it yeah you didn't it's just a fact like some of the performances weren't good too many plot holes like these bolivian children yeah i don't know what he wanted yeah what did you like so taki wants to do spells with this skull mask like what does he what does he want these children what Uh, was his purpose like what is going on here and i watched this movie twice Twice. and And listen i know it can be a dundo pero también i think like this movie bit off much more than it could chew. Right. You know? It needed to so, simplify a little bit. Like, this is a fucking gore fest. Take yourself a little bit, not as serious. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Don't take yourself so seriously. Uh, So, two and a half, which, you know, 
still good. We had fun. Not bad. Uh, fantastic. Well, let's get out of this massacred nightclub because uh, oh, yeah. I need to go to my church and put, get the drain <laughs> fixed because it needs to get yeah. all my water well, out Thankfully, there. we can wash off the blood from the club by just swimming through this church. That's true. So we're good. We're good. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening once again. We appreciate you being here with us. Uh, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us at our redes sociales at Wikiorror on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, send us an email, wikiorror at gmail.com. Thank you to Sonoro for being fantastic. You can follow them at Sonoro Podcast. Listen, if you see a mask that's shaped like a skull and those horns twitch, you better run, baby. Pet it. It's adorable. Oh, it's Just a cute a little, little thing. You know what they should have done? They should have put that mask on one of them pugs and see what's up with oh that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. That's Imagine the that the skull That's just the a fucking murdering <laughs> murderous pug. <laughs> listen, listen uh, it's a protector of the animals, ain't it? There you it go. It is. Makes perfect sense. Hello. Yeah. Um uh, well, Johnny, there's no nightclub I'd rather be at than this one and here with you. So, I'm... honestly, seeing that nightclub, I was like, I can't wait to dance with Eileen again cuz yeah! it's been way too fucking long. Well, maybe soon enough. I hope so. I fucking love you, my guy. I fucking love you too. And we'll see you guys in la próxima semana. No, we'll see you guys na próxima semana. Ciao. Adeus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.